Hello, and welcome to Mark My Words. Mark My Words is the only podcast produced exclusively for independent retailers and other members of the Independent Dealer Channel. I'm your host, Mark Lipton. Thank you for listening. Anybody who knows me well, or even people who don't know me that well who have traded a few emails with me, know that I have a love for uh, quotes. So I, I keep a bunch of them on my phone, I keep a bunch of them on my uh, other devices, and I, I rotate them through based on my mood. And, and these are quotes that, you know, to me have stood the test of time that help explain uh, perhaps what I'm feeling at the time or perhaps explain uh, something else that may be going on in the world. Or in some subtle way, I feel like quotes from history can be used to teach lessons to people. And, and so I, I have my devices add them on. And, and I've, I did that, uh, started that for no particular reason other than I thought it was cool. But over the course of my career, I've, I've had literally thousands of people tell me how, how much they appreciate and enjoy those quotes. And so I continue to use them. They obviously connect with people. One of my favorites is from Abraham Lincoln, uh, and his quote was something to the effect of, uh, I never pick a fight with a man who buys ink by the barrel. And that's, that's pretty straightforward if you think about life back then, information traded hands one way and one way only, or actually two ways. It, 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 it went from your lips to, to a neighbor's ears, and the only other way that information could change hands was through a newspaper. And, and so the newspaper was the person at the time who bought ink by the barrel, and you wouldn't want to pick a fight with them because you were never going to win, right? You were going to have your few seconds uh, in front of the audience, and, and that would be it, and the, and the newspaper would have all the time in the world and all the ink in the world to, to just destroy you. And, and so that's the, the origin of that quote. And Earlier in my career, when I was just a writer, I found that that was often true. You know, things would happen uh, in the industry uh, that would be perhaps controversial or, or maybe a little more interesting than some other things that might be going on. And, and people would avoid me uh, because I, I had a reputation of being very direct and straightforward. And, and sometimes people didn't want to hear that. I, I had a reputation when I was a little younger, perhaps I still do, uh, of of being a little bit of a troublemaker, calling out things that that I don't necessarily appreciate or or approve of, and as a result, when you know interesting things in the industry or or something new were to happen, a lot of times people would avoid me because they felt like it it might be trouble if if I didn't approve of of what it was they were doing, uh, they might have some issues with with what I had written. And now in a modern day, it's, it's totally different. I, I wonder what Abraham Lincoln would have, would have had to say about a microphone. But it seems that when you have one uh, and, and have a bunch of listeners, as, as I've been very fortunate enough to acquire over the last you know, six months or so, it seems like when you have one, people seek you out uh, rather than and then try to avoid you. And so just this week, uh, uh, Benjamin Moore made a, what I believe to be a very significant announcement. Uh, they announced that uh, they will become uh, the premier paint supplier to Ace. They'll be making all their private label coatings and, and more importantly, every Ace dealer in the United States, with, with very few exceptions, will have access to it, at least one, but, but probably two of the Benjamin Moore products from their, uh, from their book, two of the premium products, Ben and, and Regal Select. This, you can imagine, is a, is a really big deal to independent paint retailers. And, and I'm sure that there's a sense that, that this is our business and, and why are they giving it away and, and this, is, this is going to hurt us or it has potential to hurt us. Why would Benjamin Moore do this? And, and Dan Calkins, the CEO of Benjamin Moore, 
I, I guess, shared that concern that people would uh, would have some of those feelings. And so he reached out to me and he said, listen, we want to, uh, if it's okay with you, we'd like to come on to your podcast and we'd like to explain uh, what it is that we're doing, why it is that we're doing it, and, and what we think the long-term uh, implications or effects of, of this new agreement uh, with ACE means to the independent dealer channel and to Benjamin Moore as well. Uh, and so I agreed to, to turn around a podcast very quickly. This was worked out on a, on a very short schedule. Uh, I went out to their offices in Montville, New Jersey. It's not that far from where I live in New York Metro. And we sat down and, and I was able to ask Dan at that point. I had had some information on the agreement. I had an understanding of what was going on. Uh, and I was able to ask Dan some questions. And, and I think Dan did a, a good job of answering that. And, and so I think a lot of the questions that dealers might have uh, regarding uh, what's happening with this deal are, are going to be available in the next 30 minutes that I have with Dan. Uh, so give a listen, and, and I'm going to come back at the end uh, and, and try to wrap it all up for us. So here's my conversation with Dan Calkins. I'm here today with Dan Calkins. Dan, as you know, is the chairman and chief executive officer of Benjamin Moore. Dan, thanks for joining me today. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for having me back. Uh, so I know you guys made a big announcement this week, and, and we're going to get to that. But first, uh, just tell me, how's your year going? Well, you know, we just passed the midway point in the yep. year. And um, I would say we're up both in gallons and dollars, uh, marginally. Right. Um, you know, we have some areas of the country that are really struggling in the, in the U.S., our Canadian business is doing quite well. Yeah. Can you say where is where is struggling right yeah, now? Yeah. Right now, the West Coast and the Midwest, our market's basically Chicago West. Yeah. Has, has had a tough year. Um, I think people are aware of the weather issues in the Midwest this, over the spring and, you know, farmers and everybody else with the right. flooding and such. It impacts our business as well. We're starting to see that turn a bit over the last, you know, three, four weeks. Uh, and the West Coast got off to a very difficult start this year with weather from Seattle all the way through Los Angeles yeah. that was very unseasonable and unlike the West Coast. Yeah. And they're digging out of that, making gains, uh, you know, since probably March, uh, but did did start off in a tough spot. So, again, our Canadian business is doing well. The balance of the U.S. is doing well. Um, and, and uh, you know, we have a little bit of a blip in our international business this year with all the talk going on with China and the tariffs. Uh, China's our largest distributor internationally today, and uh, their business is off quite a bit due to uh, some of the geopolitical things we're dealing with as right. a country this, this time of year. Right. Well, good for you. I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're having a good year. And tell me a little bit, you must look at some data, uh, how new stores impact that versus existing stores. How is the existing Benjamin Moore dealer doing? Yeah, that that's an area that, you know, I'd like to have more information about. We, you know, we don't have transactional data. And so, you know, we currently are fortunate that there's 150 of our retailers who are sharing their data with us. And so we, you know, it's been helpful um, in building models and doing some analysis. And it would be great to have that type of data on a much larger sample size than we do. Uh, what we're seeing with our uh, stores that are reporting are good out-the-door sales, which is, you know, good for us. We tend to lag that a little bit. So we're mm -hmm. hoping that our purchases volume will, will reflect that out-the-door sales. Like that meaning they're working off of their inventory versus bringing in more product. Correct. Right. And, okay. and, you know, it's hard to track our volume uh, because we don't have the transactional data. And our buys drive the volume here at Benjamin Moore quite right. a bit. So, right. you know, um, most of our dealers take advantage of buys and, um, you know, it drives volume up artificially for a couple of months. And then, you know, the dealers are working off that inventory. Right. Um, but with that being said, 
it is nice to see the data that we are because we can we can really start to make some decisions based on the information we have. So I'm hopeful over time we'll start to gather more of that type of information. It'll help us make better formed decisions here at Benjamin Moore. But I would say as a whole, existing store sales are relatively flat um, just based on what we're able to look at. Right. And, and, and then we've been talking with lots of retailers lately. Uh, we had a lot of retailers in here the last several weeks, and some of them are having very good years. Some of them are a little bit down, but on average, I'd say they're flat to up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Terrific. Okay. So you guys made a pretty big announcement this week, and, and that's why I'm here uh, to talk about it. So you made an announcement regarding your relationship with Ace Hardware. Uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about what we heard? Yeah, so we have become the supplier of architectural coatings for Ace Hardware. We're going to be manufacturing all of their private label products. Our chief competitor in North America had previously been doing this uh, after they acquired the Valspar company several years ago. Right. Um, so this opportunity presented itself and um, a part of the deal is we'll be making Ben and Regal available for many Ace stores, all Ace stores who qualify, there are criteria involved. And we're very, very excited about the partnership with Ace. We think it helps us with a consumer that doesn't traditionally shop in the paint store segment. All the data uh, would indicate that. And so we do believe it provides an opportunity to grow the brand, create the product, make the product available where it isn't in some instances, and, and, and make it more accessible and, and people more aware of it. And so we're excited about that. So who's going into an Ace store compared to who's going into a Benjamin Moore store? Well, our business at Benjamin Moore and the independent dealer network has changed over the years and the marketplace has changed. And so today, on average, uh, the paint and decorating stores are about 80% pro, 20% consumer on average. Right. Right. Um, with regards to a typical hardware store, um, there's anomalies to both of these segments, but right. the typical hardware store, it's like 96%. DIY, convenience DIY versus pro. Right. And the pro that most hardwares have is, you know, kind of the handyman or the remodeler. It's not the traditional painting contractor. And so there's a big difference in the customers that are going into each one of the stores. The other piece, there's a little bit of difference in the consumers that are shopping. You know, we do have consumers in the paint stores. Those consumers tend to be more category engaged. They're looking for a higher level of touch, support, advice, service that isn't provided in the other in the other segment it just right. isn't in most instances right. and and therefore you know it's important we maintain that share of consumer in the paint store category but this opens up a whole nother avenue for uh, reach for the brand and so what products are are these dealers going to be able to access and how will they access them as well yeah so um, in most instances um, it'll be Ben and Regal uh, will be the products made available. We'll be putting those in their warehouses so they'll be able to order through their Ace Net, which is their online ordering system, and have del del delivery that way. And uh, what about an Ace dealer who wants to do more? You know, an Ace dealer who wants to take on more of the line than Ben and Regal? Well, that's that'll be handled like it is today. The, that decision right is exclusively Benjamin Moore's management team in the marketplace. So, uh, you know, we currently sell uh, over a thousand Ace stores today. Um, many of them are full line Benjamin Moore retailers. Many of them are just premium uh, mm -hmm. uh, line uh, Benjamin Moore retailers. Uh, so uh, that decision will remain exclusively Benjamin Moore's. 
And so these products are going to come from the ACE warehouse, right? Where they're going to be, they're, they're stocked by ACE. And you, once they hit their warehouse, you, you sort of lose control of them. And so they're going to go into an ACE dealership uh, that might be in very close proximity to a Benjamin Moore retailer, an existing Benjamin Moore retailer. That ACE store will have access to those products, correct? That is correct. That is correct. And we've, we've done a lot of analysis of this. And again, we truly believe, based on both the data you know, who's shopping in those stores. Those stores are open today, selling paint. The, the company that's selling the paint in those locations today is dedicated to putting both Benjamin Moore and the independent dealer out of business. Benjamin Moore sees it as an opportunity to gain that share, make that profit, reinvest it in the brand and the channel that's independent that we're supporting and will continue to do so. Um, we also, when you say lose control, we, we don't. We, we do have in their system who can get what so you know there's flags in the system so that mm -hmm. you know you don't start seeing full line products showing up in a stores that aren't authorized to carry them so right. there is an agreement in place to manage that right but there will be some dealers that are very close to existing a stores and and there's there's going to be some unusual conversations i suspect right yes i i, I want to be clear about that we are going to work with those close proximity retailers we've identified just over a hundred that have real close proximity. We will be sitting down with each and every one of those retailers talking about a plan to mitigate any uh, issues that may arise because of this decision we made. The last thing we want to do is uh, sign an agreement like this and negatively impact a Benjamin Moore retailer. We truly believe at the end of the day, this will be beneficial, not just to Benjamin Moore, but to the independent channel because we are committed to that channel and the money that we make doing this program will be in reinvested in this brand and support that, you know, independent channel. I mean, that right. that is what we are committed to. Right. And so can you talk a little bit about what protections you guys are, are planning on putting in place uh, for dealers that may be affected by this action? Well, I don't know if protections are the right words because it's really, you know, we're, we're opening the line up, so we're not protecting anything. Uh, but we are willing to sit down and talk with them about how it impacts their business and what we can do to help them. The key here, though, is, is that we really are focused on driving business to their stores with many of the initiatives that we have underway today. We have pilots in place. I think when I was on with you before, we talked about, you know, the pro segment and the pace that right. it's growing and their preference of shopping and paint stores. You know, the market over the last five years, architectural coatings as a whole, has grown at about 3.3% on average. Mm -hmm. The professional segment's grown at almost 6%. Wow. And that's going to continue. It's, it's where the market is headed. And so we think it's critical that we take this customer-centric approach, make sure that we have the right products and services available for that professional user, primarily the residential painter, but also facility maintenance, national accounts, HOAs, like commercial. We want to make sure that we're able to have a full uh, level of support, both from a product and services program to meet the needs of those users, because they're the ones going to the traditional paint and decorating store more and more every day. And so this uh, agreement with ACE, your, your point was that this actually gives you more opportunity to help support the traditional paint and decorating retailer channel, correct? Absolutely. I mean, we want Benjamin Moore to be relevant for the next 50 to 100 years. And we have to grow just like any business has to grow. Mm -hmm. And so we see this as an opportunity to 
um, you know, grow the Benjamin Moore brand, make the products available where people are, uh, make it more accessible to folks, but also reinvest those dollars into this brand in a way that benefits anyone associated with it, not just employees at Benjamin Moore, right. but the independent channel as a whole, because that's who we are committed to. Right. And and so tell me, an agreement like this must take a long time uh, to come to fruition. Tell me a little bit about the history, and, and I'm not looking for your you know, private corporate information, but sort of what's the history of an of an opportunity like this? How does it start? Well, you know, we had a relationship with Ace, uh, you know, that started in 2005 that um, went ran through 2012 when uh, Valspar became their supplier at that point in time. And, um, you know, we, uh, you know, basically wished them well and went on our way and continued to do what we do. And, uh, maintained many of their members as customers of Benjamin Moore. Right. And you said earlier, I think you said you have a thousand. Yes. So, so obviously quite a bit survived that change. Absolutely. And we've had a good working relationship with them. Not a close one because of the relationship they've, they had to have with their supplier at the time. But many of their members were good customers of Benjamin Moore. And we continued to service and support them just like we would any Benjamin Moore customer. And so I would say the first discussion we had about this goes back a couple of years. Mike Searles and I were in Chicago, had a meeting with them and started to talk about what the future could look like if something were to change in their relationship. And obviously we have no knowledge about anything with regards to their relationship and why it changed. Uh, but since then, uh, you know, over the last several months and, and, and even into late last year, these discussions uh, kind of escalated. And, and here we are now, uh, a week out from the announcement or so, and, um, you know, very excited about what that brings to the table for Benjamin Moore and the Independent Channel. Right. So tell me a little bit about where you see, I, I know at your level, you're always looking, you know, f- further down the road than perhaps the other people working at Benjamin Moore or even your dealers. Tell me where you see this taking Benjamin Moore five and 10 years down the road. How does this uh, benefit the, the independent retailers? How does this benefit the company itself? Well, like I mentioned earlier, it's about relevancy. It's about economies of scale. You know, the marketplace today, um, from when I started 30 years ago, is dominated by just a few manufacturers. When you look at who's partnered where today, whether it's, um, you know, at the big boxes or in their own store channel, uh, this provides Benjamin Moore some scale, some ability to stay relevant, some ability to uh, you know, add to our manufacturing capacities, drive costs down, be able to grow the brand in a way uh, that we wouldn't because of the revenues generated from this deal. And, um, you know, we're, we're very excited about it, but we really do believe that, uh, you know, we're healthy as a company. Financially, we're strong. And this is the right time to make a decision like this, not when you're desperate and need to make decisions, because you can be more thoughtful about them. You can think longer term, and you can put the right things in place to ensure that, you know, the decisions you're making do have the intended consequences that you plan for. And, uh, you know, we're really, really excited about this. We recognize some people will be like, why are you doing this? And we, we understand that. And, and if I were in their shoes, I would have similar questions. So uh, I'm not trying to be naive about it. Right. Uh, but we really do believe long term, this will benefit anybody associated with the Benjamin Moore brand. And so, e- easy opening for me. I, mm-hmm. I tend to agree with you. Dealers are going to have some pretty strong opinions of this action. So, tell me, uh, what is it that you're planning regarding hearing those opinions? Yeah, so um, we um, 
have had a group of retailers in here over the last several weeks. We shared the data, which um, many of you have seen now, because if you read the letter I sent, the data was included. Um, but we shared that data and explained what we wanted to do, why we needed to do it. We weren't able to share all the way to Bright this deal because it hadn't been signed yet while they were here. Uh, but we made. What it does that mean, all the way to Bright? Meaning we hadn't signed the agreement and we weren't able to share who the partner was oh, or what was happening because we were working under an NDA. Right. We would have otherwise. That was the right. intent, but the deal wasn't signed, so we weren't able to. But um, we wanted to be transparent about the data and what we were thinking and why we were thinking of it. Later this summer, starting next month, we have another 50 or so of our retailers to come in. We're having roundtables to talk with them about not just this, but the business in general. What's going on in their businesses? Where do they see Benjamin Moore could be more helpful? What would they like to see more of? What would they like to see less of? And, and those types of discussions. I mean, we really do want to work in a manner where it's give and take. And we recognize, you know, in those meetings, there'll be strong opinions about this decision. We're very interested in hearing what those opinions are. Uh, we're very much interested in understanding, you know, what we can do to grow the business, both uh, with the retailers are here, but as the channel as a whole. So, you know, we're, we're going to be sitting down with, like I said, close to 50 retailers. So the Canadian retailers are coming down too. This doesn't impact them. Uh, is there no ace up there? Is no, it doesn't? no, okay. it does, doesn't impact them. But we have groups from all across the United States coming in for these roundtables, which, you know, myself and some of the leadership team, as well as others throughout the organization, will be a part of. And uh, I think it'll be a healthy exchange of uh, opinions and ideas and hopefully beneficial to everybody that's there, including Benjamin Moore employees. Right. And so you must have some plans uh, for dealers that, that are going to be impacted. Uh, to the extent possible, why don't you share a little bit about what, where your thinking is on that? Yeah, well, what, first thing we'll do is, I mentioned earlier, we know there's a, a group of dealers that have a very close proximity. We're going to sit down with them individually and have conversations about their business and what right. we can do to help them grow their business. And we'll stay very close to that. Obviously, we had some learning when we were uh, working with Orchard Supply in California uh, that's why it's one so of a similar experience, only smaller scale. Right. Um, bigger stores, uh, more products available, okay. but only 99 stores on the West Coast. But right. with that being said, there were some very close proximity situations there. And we have six years of learning from that. And um, I think if you spoke to the dealers directly who were involved in that, all of them would let you know that it had little or no impact on their business. There wasn't cannibalization. Um, matter of fact, in some instances, the orchard supply coming into that neighborhood actually drove sales the other direction because meaning people up, up, yeah, meaning up in that you know because they're a full service paint decorating store and have a breadth of products and knowledge that isn't available in those types of channels. They were benefited by it. So right. um, again, when we made that announcement, it wasn't overly popular, but we did, you know, we, we have the numbers. We can look at what the purchases of the paint stores were and what the purchases of the orchard supply stores were, which we'll be able to do the same thing in this instance right. and be able to really measure what's going on. And obviously if there was something uh, that negatively impacted a retailer, we would do the right thing yeah. uh, and the ethical thing in that case. And so one of the things that strikes me as I, as I read the agreement, uh, one of the things that strikes me as a departure for Benjamin Moore is that you guys had always, for years, talked about how important it is that you control your own brand, you control your own distribution. 
we've all seen the letters from Benjamin Moore concerning your trans shipping policy mm -hmm. and, and we can't let you sell paint to whoever you want because we control our brand. Mm -hmm. And now at that same time, you're saying it's okay for us to give that away, but not you. And I think that's a fair question. What do you, how, what do you answer to that? Well, I think the real change there is the marketplace. You know, as the market continues to change, we have to look at doing things differently if we're going to be relevant long term. You know, doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result is probably not a good plan for long-term success. So we're looking at the market differently today. The players are different. The consolidation continues to happen. And we've got to look at the way we go to market differently as well. I mean, there's this whole other, you know, category on the horizon that we're exploring too with the whole online you know, play and right. what that means to Benjamin Moore and the independent channel. I mean, we, we don't get to choose where people shop, be it painters or consumers, they do. And so, you know, we can say, hey, if you're gonna buy Benjamin Moore, you have to stay in this little box and you can't get our products this way, you can't get our products that way, can't get our products this way. And I don't think that's, you know, a recipe for success. We, we've got to acknowledge what's happening around us and do the best we can to respond, uh, staying committed to the independent channel. And, and that's what we're doing with this. And that's what we're going to look for going forward is how do we support this independent channel and grow and stay profitable, both Benjamin Moore in the independent channel. Um, we're not going to be able to do things like we did in 1989 or 1999 or 2009. We've got to continue to evolve and meet the, you know, meet the market needs. And so do you think in this environment that has been changed so much by consolidation and, and even the internet uh, and some other things, do you think that in this uh, environment it is less important for Benjamin Moore to control their own brand? No, no, no. I, I, I think that we have to choose carefully who we partner with. I think that you know one of our key responsibilities here at Benjamin Moore is to be a steward of this brand. We've been in business 136 years. Lots of people that came before, the people that are here today did a great job along with the independent channel to build this brand. And so we have to be careful about who we partner with and partnering with a company like Ace, who's also committed to the independent channel, uh, runs a wonderful organization. Uh, we, we believe will will benefit the whole, not detract from the few. We really do believe that. And um, we are going to be cautious uh, about who we partner with and how we go forward with the brand. That That's critically important to who we are at Benjamin Moore. And uh, tell me a little bit about existing dealers and, and how they want to grow their business. Uh, so will Ace stores and, and an Ace dealer in a town, will that now make it impossible for a Benjamin Moore independent retailer to go into that town uh, as conversely it, it would have been previously? No, that would be hypocritical because we're, you know, we're calling out there are two segments shopping in these environments. Right. So, um, you know, if there's a need for a paint store in a marketplace, um, and there happens to be a hardware store there. We'll open a paint store, just just like the converse being true. I mean, right. we we can't we can't play that game. We we would have to look at the data and you know new distribution decisions. Whether it was 32 years ago when I started at Benjamin Moore or today, have always been challenging. Yep. And um, so we do a much better job today with data and analysis on market share and who's shopping there and what the needs are than we did 30 years ago because we have the tools to do that. 
And with that being said, um, it at times is still not a popular decision when we open new distribution, and I recognize that. Um, but we would we would have to honor that both ways. We, right. we we wouldn't be in a position to say, well, there's a hardware store there, we can't open a paint store. That would be extremely hypocritical. Right. And so uh, what would you say to a dealer who, who has the concern that Ace now has an advantage over them by being able to put an Ace store anywhere they want, including right next to a Benjamin Moore store, and use this as a competitive advantage to harm him and then take that territory. Yeah, well, I think it'd be difficult with a limited selection of Benjamin Moore products to truly um, harm them and or take over their territory. I just, and, and we, like I said earlier, uh, the full line decisions are still exclusively Benjamin Moore's. Right. So somebody would have to make a decision that they'd want to open a hardware store there with a limited access to Benjamin Moore. We also will work with ACE management in situations like that um, to discourage that approach or that uh, opinion or behavior. Um, you know, I don't see that being an issue other than in markets like a New York or a Boston where we have a density of retailers. You know, when you look across the U.S. as a whole, markets like that are very much the anomaly, not the rule. Right. And so when you look at an opportunity like this, you have to look at it across the whole United States. And, you know, there's very few places in the United States that we have the type of density of retailers and or market share uh, that we have here. And yeah. so, you know, the the lift will be in markets where, um, you know, we have less than 1% market share in places uh, all across uh, the U.S. And we're looking for ways to, to change that. And will that lift, in your opinion, is, is you're hoping that comes from the Benjamin Moore brand of portion of this uh, agreement or the private label portion of this agreement? What's driving this decision for you? Yeah, it's both. We're, we're hoping to be able to grow both uh, you, you know, over time, we we would uh, like to see both brands being we're manufacturing them do well. Right. Um, we do anticipate getting a lift on the Benjamin Moore side of things, absolutely, um, with the enhanced marketing and things that we're going to be doing collectively with the independent channel as a whole, the dollars that we're going to be able to reinvest in that. Uh, but we do expect the, the their private label business will be good as well. You know, there'll be a whole portion of these ace dealers that won't carry Benjamin Moore. Right. They'll carry just the private label. And, and that number out of a population of 4,000 could be as many as seven or 800. I mean, it's, it's, it's a big segment of stores that will not carry Benjamin Moore because of, you know, pain isn't the category for them and or they're in markets from a demographic standpoint that the premium positioning doesn't work for them. Right. So, um, you know, we, we, um, we do think that the private label and the Benjamin Moore will, will benefit from partnering with us. Dan, tell me about the uh, sort of short-term future of, of this project. What can we expect from Benjamin Moore in the coming three or four months? Well, we've got lots of work to do internally, obviously, to get this done and get it rolled out. But one of the key components of... Can I ask you, excuse me for interrupting, yeah. when, when, when is this expected to affect ACE dealers? When can they start getting paid? Um, later this fall, we'll start to put our products in the warehouses, the Benjamin Moore products. Right. And we'll start manufacturing the private label later this year to be available in their warehouses after the first of the year. And so the Benjamin Moore will be the first in because you already have the product. It's made. You can put it right out there. That's correct. Okay. That's correct. And then a key component to success here, too, will be obviously communications. So right. we're going to stay very close to this. I hope that I have an opportunity to be on here again. Um, also written communications with our retailers to make sure they understand how it's going, what's going on. Also, our leadership team, as I mentioned in my letter, will be 
very active over the next 90 to 120 days, meeting with retailers, hearing concerns, talking, talking with them about what they're feeling, thinking, and uh, getting that input as well. So we do plan on being very uh, upfront with this and very uh, direct, transparent, share what we can, when we can, as soon as we can, as often as we can. We think it's important. And so to a dealer that uh, may have some concerns, how would you ask them to begin the process of addressing them? Do you have some sort of message for them on how to start that process? Yeah, I think that um, any any of our retailers should reach out to uh, the management team they're familiar with. If they don't feel like that's adequate, they can certainly reach out to me. I do anticipate getting lots of phone calls and letters. Um, I will respond as quickly as I can to all of them. Um, you know, I want to I wanna be... Uh, uh, very out front with this. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm excited about the opportunity. I truly believe it's in the best interest of Benjamin Moore and the independent channel, or we wouldn't have made this decision. Um, and so, you know, we're very excited and, and more than happy to talk to anybody about it that has a concern or a question. Okay. So Dan, uh, final thoughts before we wrap it up. Well, it's, like I mentioned earlier, as we passed the midpoint in the year, I hope everybody's year is going well. I just want to thank everybody for their support uh, of Benjamin Moore, all they do for Benjamin Moore, and continued success for the balance of the year. And just want to thank everybody. So I, I appreciate Dan coming on the show and, and addressing what I know will be you know hundreds, if not thousands, of, of independent retailers about what is a pretty significant issue in, in front of us right now. And uh, I, I addressed the agreement with Ace on my blog, uh, markliptonpaint.com forward slash blog. Uh, I'm not going to address it here. It's just not the right uh, format, really. I, I, and in addition to uh, needing a little more space and a little more time to spread my thoughts out, which is uh, more conducive to a writing environment, I'm, I'm also just more comfortable writing. Uh, this podcasting is, is somewhat new to me, but the writing... You know, I've I've been doing for my entire life, but I did just want to say this, just to wrap it up regarding uh, just what what you heard just here. I've I've been around a very long time. My my family's been Benjamin Moore retailers uh, since 1907, so 112 years. I personally have been a Benjamin Moore retailer since 1988, so 31 years. So as you can imagine, I've seen a lot of of decisions that they've made uh, that have angered some retailers. I've I've seen things that have not necessarily gone smoothly or been difficult uh, or for Benjamin Moore and their retailers to to handle. And all during that time, I've I've had some real disappointments. And those disappointments have really come from the behavior of of Benjamin Moore. I always felt like that. Uh, they could do better to educate. They could do better to be more open. Uh, they could do better to explain to people why they do what they do. And and in my experience with Benjamin Moore in the past, at at times when there was a really good opportunity to to share what was going on and to share their view of how this impacted the retailer channel or or why they did something. In in my experience with Benjamin Moore, they they did a very bad job. They always they always failed at that intersection. Uh, I had always, in my writing going back for, uh, for years, uh, I've always claimed that they have a tendency to, to do things in a vacuum and then just sort of bury their head uh, uh, in the sand and, and not deal with the issues that, that come from their actions. And so in that regard, I, I have to say that this, this podcast, doing this podcast uh, with Dan Calkins is a significant upgrade over anything that I've seen from Benjamin Moore or, or anybody that sat in the CEO spot uh, in that company for a very, very long time, if ever. Uh, Dan did not give me 
uh, a list of topics that I was not uh, allowed to address. He did not edit any of the questions uh, at all. I, I do make all my questions available uh, to my guests in advance just so that they can be prepared. I feel like uh, that, that has more to do with turning out a better quality podcast than anything else. Uh, Dan got back to me uh, with, with no edits or comments. He was ready to go and he was ready to answer my questions. And, and I thought that some of the questions were, were tough. And I thought that that's appropriate in this circumstance. I think that this is a big decision that Benjamin Moore is making. I think it affects a lot of us. And so if, if for no other reason, uh, I was impressed just because he was willing to stand there and take the questions. And of the whole conversation that he and I had, and, and I've listened to this uh, a number of times, by the time you hear one of my podcasts, I assure you, I've heard it myself 10 or 15 times uh, just to get it to you. And, and so I've, I've heard it a lot. Uh, I've taken apart his words in my head. And, and probably the most impressive part of it to me was that uh, Dan actually said specifically at some point during the interview that, that he's going to be sitting by his phone and he wants dealers that are not happy with this uh, action that they've recently taken to call him. And, and I think that's great. That's, that's, that's something that I have not seen from a Benjamin Moore uh, CEO in, in my lifetime period. And so if nothing else, I, I applaud that. The decision itself, like I said, uh, I, I like to take a little more time and I like to uh, spell out my points of view and my positions on, on more complicated matters. Uh, I like to do that with my pen rather than my voice. So I'm going to send you back uh, to my uh, blog site, marklipdenpaint.com forward slash blog. But I did just want to say I was very impressed and I appreciate Dan uh, making the time. And, and I also appreciate the desire he showed. Uh, to get in front of as many of his customers as possible uh, to talk about this issue. So that's it for this episode. This has been Mark, my words, and I'm your host, Mark Lipton. You can like and review and subscribe at the Apple Podcast Store or on SoundCloud, or you can, of course, always listen on my personal website, marklipptonpaint.com forward slash podcasts or forward slash blog.